Hello, I'm Natasha Mirosh. Welcome to Extra Virgin Postcards, where I invite a guest from around the world to share what they love about where they live, what there is to see and do, and where to eat and drink. You'll get insights that only a local would know. So whether you're looking for destination information or just armchair travelling, let this Extra Virgin Postcard take you away. Hi, my name is Dina Levitz. And I'm an events producer, a yoga teacher, and a journalist who often writes about food, travel, and culture. And most importantly, I live in New York City, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. It has a lot of nicknames. The one that I prefer actually is in the musical Hamilton, the Schuyler sisters sing about how it is the greatest city in the world. And I tend to agree. New York City is located in New York State. It is a city so nice, they named it twice, as they say. It's located at the top of New York State, where the Hudson River meets the Atlantic Ocean. I am actually based in Manhattan. And what a lot of people don't realize is that New York City is broken down into five distinct districts, which we call boroughs. So besides Manhattan, there is Brooklyn, there's a Queens, the Bronx, and Staten Island. All together between those five boroughs, it reflects 8 million people. So quite a populated and in fact, the most densely populated city in the whole of the United States. So there's a lot of us kind of crammed into one small area. Altogether, New York City is about 300 square miles. So lots of population. The one thing that we really don't get is a huge amount of space, but we're all okay with that (laughs) because what New York is, is kind of a little bit of everything. Everybody is here and everything is here for you. A lot of people are here to live out their dreams and make wonderful things happen. New York City is the epicenter for finance with Wall Street being based here. It is a home of of theater and entertainment, especially with Broadway situated here in New York City. It is an international destination for diplomacy with the United Nations headquarters here. It's a mecca for major media, for fashion. So it's just really this international global kind of powerhouse. Yeah, and I personally have been here since 2019. I moved here from living abroad in Ireland I was really desperate to move back to the United States and it just seemed like the right time. Little did I know that the world was going to shut down and there would be a pandemic and I would get to know New York City in a whole different way. But Tom Wolfe once said that you belong to New York instantly, which I love and I really kind of connected with because of moving here at this at this time. I never left New York City during the entirety of the, the pandemic and a lot of nights, especially in the early part of, of what was going on, I would go up to the rooftop in my building and I would be part of the seven o'clock applause, take my pots and pans. And it was just this really uniting kind of time for the city. I often think that New Yorkers are at their best when times get really tough. So that was certainly a time that showed that New Yorkers tend to get a reputation for being rude, for being loud, for being brass. And I've never really found that to be true. I think it's just a matter of New Yorkers are are in a hurry. They're trying to make things happen. And it's often that you'll see a New Yorker give directions or try to be helpful. Maybe they just won't even stop as they do it. Um, So that's always been been my experience. The other thing that I should say about New York is it's kind of in my bones. It's in my blood. I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is two hours north of New York City. 
And both of my parents were born and raised in Brooklyn. And then prior to that, both sets of grandparents actually arrived here as as immigrants from Poland. On my mom's side in particular, they were Holocaust survivors. My grandpa, Abby, and my grandma, Sarah, survived the concentration camps. And with nothing, they came and they relocated and they settled in Canarsie, Brooklyn. So it's this place that's very much a part of me. And as a kid, I would go and visit them in Brooklyn and my other set of grandparents were near Coney Island. So I have vivid memories of eating Nathan's hot dogs from Coney Island and having their crinkle cut fries. So New York for me has this distinct quality of feeling fresh and then also at the same time feeling familiar. So I'm so excited always to talk about it and convince people to, to come here for a short stay or for something long. Yeah, and I think my family's story is very reminiscent of what New York is all about. It's truly this city of, of immigrants. People are here from every corner of the globe and you really, it's palpable. It's something that you experience all the time. There's any kind of food that you can get, any sort of culture. And there's just little neighborhoods that showcase all of these different new immigrants from from different places. More than 700 languages and dialects are actually spoken in New York City, something that amazes but doesn't surprise me. So that's so much of what the what the city is about. It's, it's really here for you. How would I describe it? Well, because New York is such a big place for, for writers, and it's been an inspiration for movies. I see it as being very cinematic. Anytime I walk around, I feel like I'm walking around in a movie. You know, there's skyscrapers everywhere. It's a big urban city with lots of energy and lots of people everywhere, sure. But it's it's, it's more than that. There's a quote that I love from, from Nora Ephron. So she says, I look out the window and I see the lights and the skyline and the people on the street rushing around, looking for action, love, and the world's greatest chocolate chip cookie and my heart does a little dance so I really connect with that because that's how it feels in New York you see these really high-rise buildings and I think what we forget actually is that there's so much green space and there's also nature here the amazing part is that 90% of New Yorkers are within a 10-minute walk of a park so there's also that part of the city is that everyone knows Central Park and it is an amazing epic place that we know for for that reason. But there's so many other little parks that are everywhere from Bryant Park to Madison Square Park. So that's part of how it looks and feels as well. Manhattan itself, which is where I'm based, is laid out largely in a grid system. So from the teens to up to kind of 200s, it's, it's situated in this in this grid. So it's knock on wood, fairly easy to find your way. I tend to think the best way to experience New York City is just on foot, get on foot, just start walking. And and then you can see how the dots are connected, how one neighborhood moves into the next. And it's it's a, a great way to sort of like feel that sense. So many New Yorkers walk. And then if you get tired or or you're out for the day, the other thing to do is to take the subway. And the subway connects all of those boroughs and is a wonderful way to to just get it, get up and go. It runs almost around the clock now that the pandemic is has 
kind of dissipating a little bit. So there, there's so much to, to see and do in New York City. And there's no, I could cover it all. One of the great adventures of living here is that there's always something fun to do. You know, it's a great place for, for entertainment, for sports, for music, you name it. But just some of my favorites. I think that the only real reason to go to Midtown, maybe, I guess, if you've never been to New York, there's something about going to Times Square just to actually see it in in, in real life and, and marvel just at the spectacle of it. But no true New Yorker really kind of spends much time in that area because it tends to just not sort of feel like the rest of the city. The one exception is to go to see a Broadway show and there's always so many good ones. So yeah, it's definitely one to do. You can go and go to TKTS and try to get discounted tickets last minute. If you haven't planned ahead, you can still see some great shows. Museums are a wonderful thing to do in New York. Most people know about the Met because it's a really famous, famous, amazing museum. But the one that you might not know is the Met Cloisters. So it's in the upper part of Manhattan in Washington, Heights. It's actually in the middle of Fort Tryon Park. I, I did something recently where I walked the entire length of Manhattan because I was inspired by the, the show Broad City and I wanted to walk from the tippity top to the tippity bottom. So that was a wonderful discovery. Fort Tryon Park and then in the cloisters, it's devoted to medieval art. And there's also this amazing garden at the center of this museum. So that's definitely something to check out that maybe would be lesser known. Another museum you might not know about is the Tenement Museum. So as I was saying, there's so such a rich immigrant history in New York and the Tenement Museum is dedicated to that. It's in the Lower East Side and it actually takes you through the experience of being an immigrant who has just arrived in New York and what you would experience a century ago or earlier this century. And then I would also suggest that you go and you see concerts you kind of can go in a lot of these bigger venues there's madison square garden and madison square garden is where the knicks play basketball so within a couple months span i managed to go see the knicks play and then just after that go see elton john's farewell concert so there's just kind of these epic amazing experiences to be had at madison square garden harry styles just did a residency for a few weeks here so it's those kinds of top-notch acts the Barclay Center similarly where where the Brooklyn team the the Nets the Brooklyn basketball team they play and there's also just always these great entertainment shows and concerts that are happening if you want something that's a little bit smaller and a little bit more intimate I love to go to piano bars and we have quite a few in New York my favorite and I went there for my birthday this year which happened to be on a Monday which can be a tricky going out night but I went to Marie's Crisis Cafe in the West Village and there's literally a piano player who works for Marie's crisis and then the patrons kind of get to take over and they get to request songs and just sing show tunes at the piano and it just becomes this celebration of Broadway show tunes of music of singing of meeting strangers and that's very much what what New York is about just kind of uniting over that that kind of experience it's in a basement it seems like not much from the outside and then you go in and there's just kind of magic happening my other suggestion is the blue note which is a live jazz venue that's also on the smaller side and that's been going on for a really long time and is a big part of New York's jazz history there's another kind 
kind of phenomena that's catching on in certain cities and certainly in New York called Group Muse, where you can see top-notch kind of classical music, but in unexpected settings. So if you go to Group Muse and search for concerts that are happening in New York, often you'll actually get to go into somebody's home. They'll host it and it will, and these are usually really nice digs that maybe you wouldn't be invited to otherwise. And the talent will be Juilliard trained cellists and piano players and, and people like that. So it's a real, it's a real treat. So group news is, is a good one. Comedy is another not to be missed experience in New York. We have the comedy cellar. We have Gotham. We have, there's a lesser known venue in a part of Brooklyn called Gowanus called Littlefield where they, it's a performance and art space, but they'll do a lot of live comedy shows. And it actually used to be in the 1920s, a printing press warehouse. So that's kind of a fun little twist to that as well. I live in a neighborhood of Manhattan that's called Chelsea. And Chelsea has historically been a a big spot for the LGBTQ plus community. It's also a neighborhood that houses a lot of art museums. So there's constantly things going on. So if I've been busy all week, I definitely like to stay in Chelsea for the weekend. So my weekend might involve hitting up the Chelsea market. So we have a lot of good food markets in New York City. Chelsea market is one that's been around for a long time. And it's a personal favorite of mine because it's close to home. And the selection of eateries and food that you get there is just unlike unlike any other. A couple of my favorites within Chelsea market, there's a hand pulled noodle place called Very Fresh Noodles. So you can literally see them pulling the noodles. If you like spicy food, like I do, the Dan Dan noodles are my favorite. So that's a, a great spot. Really popular sometimes. They literally won't even deliver their food because they think it's meant to be eaten right away so that you can enjoy those noodles. A popular taco spot, I love tacos, are Los Tacos number one. But I'll tell you a little tip. Los Mariscos is a fish taco spot. They also have really good ceviche. And it's by the same owners as Los Tacos number one, but lesser known. You can get there from kind of the outside of Chelsea Market. And you can sit there and also have cocktails. It's a it's a great spot. So often, yeah, I'll, I'll eat some food in Chelsea Market. Um, maybe if, uh, if the weather's not nice, I'll go to the Whitney Museum. And then if it's a nicer day and I want to venture outside, I'll walk the High Line. So the High Line used to be part of the New York Central Railroad. And about a decade ago, it was turned into a public park. So it's it's elevated above ground. And then you walk a mile and a half if you walk the, the whole High Line. And there's art to be seen along the way. It's, it's really great and it's completely free. And then at the end of it, you get to Hudson Yards. And from there, if you want to walk along the water, because the my neighborhood, Chelsea, stretches from about 14th Street to the upper 20s in Manhattan. And it's on the west side. So it goes from about 6th Avenue all the way over to the Hudson. And it's right next to there's different great piers where you can walk along the water. You can have a picnic. You can just kind of chill out. So if I can... And I I try to stay close to home on the weekend. So I'll do those kinds of things. Union Square is another park that's near me and they have a wonderful farmer's market. So I might
might hit up that. Madison Square Park is also another one near me, and that's where the original Shake Shack is. So that's that's terrific. And another kind of park slash food spot that I like to recommend to people is Washington Square Park, which is very close to NYU. And there is a dosa cart there that has been operating um it's owned by a, a man from Sri Lanka, and he makes the best dosa I've had outside of India, which I've been to. So I knows the the dosa guy. You can follow <laughs> follow them on social media, and then know if he's going to be there, and then get there early because he just stays until he runs out. Um, so as you can tell, food and drink is definitely something that I enjoy and is just such a treat in New York because we have, in my mind, the best of everything. What I read is that if it would take you 12 years to eat at every Manhattan restaurant that's listed in open table. So <laughs> it's, it would be quite an endeavor. We have a lot of variety, a lot of options. And the cool thing is you can go like really high end. You can spend a lot if you're, if you're, feeling like that's your vibe or as I do I feel like you can get a lot of bang for your buck and you can spend less money but eat really really well so I'll, I'll I'll get into that but just to tell you about a few of the the kind of big name iconic on the more higher end kind of restaurants that we have here there's La Bernadan which is by famed chef Eric Repair, and that's featuring fish. John George is a Michelin star chef, and his namesake, John George, is still open, still kicking, still amazing, and that's off of Central Park, so it's it's also in Manhattan. If you have a hankering for steak, we have a couple kind of quintessential steak spots. There's Keen's, which is kind of in the Midtown area, and then Peter Luger is actually in Brooklyn, but but it's, it's really well known for, for a good reason, for, for a good steak. But as I said, I tend to be someone who wants to go and graze and almost kind of create my own little food crawls and, and experiences. And we in New York, probably almost better than anywhere else, at least in the United States, do to sort of street food really well. So you might know a couple of our specialties. The first one I feel I feel like I have to mention is pizza, because if you come to New York and you don't have pizza, well then, <laughs> yeah, have you really been to New York? I don't know. And I would I would steer you in two different geographic areas to get pizza. I would go to the West Village, and I would go and I would have Joe's. And there's several there's Joe's around. The original Joe's though is in the West Village, and it's it's often cited as that sort of when you think of a New York slice and you think of yeah if you think of that that slice joint that that's joe's and i would say get a cheese slice and and be done with it and then john's of bleecker street they don't do slices they only do pies but they're a coal oven pizza joint they've been around for a while and they just they really they really do it right so yeah i'd, I'd highly recommend those the other the other place if you if you want to sample a bunch of amazing slices carol gardens in brooklyn is just i don't know they're punching above their weight when it comes to when it comes to pizza and I'm a bit big believer one of my approaches when it comes to to food is that sometimes if there's really well-known chefs and it's hard to get into one of their restaurants I can't get a reservation or it's going to be hours to wait in line a lot of them will have casual joints 
or they'll have shops. So I like to do that. So I have a few suggestions kind of in that realm. There's a really famous pizza spot in Carroll Gardens called Lucali, and it's been on David Chang's Netflix special. It's all over the place. People know Lucali. It's so hard to get in. So instead, I would say you can go to Baby Luke's, which is the same owner and the same, yeah, the, the same people behind Lucali. And I literally just went there today and you could go get slices of Sicilian pizza. They have a really good ricotta and broccoli rob slice that I that I love. And then in that same neighborhood down the street is called F and F. And there's a famous pizzaiolo named Chris Bianco who has a bunch of pizza places in Phoenix. And he's kind of consulted and helped them to open this place F and F. And it's also a slice joint. It's down the street from um from Baby Luke's. And literally Jimmy Kimmel, when he did his Brooklyn shows recently, he went and had his after party there. So if it's good enough for, for Jimmy Kimmel, highly recommended. Another New York staple, you gotta you gotta go have bagels. You do. A lot of friends, until they've actually been to New York, they don't get what the fuss is about when it comes to bagels because the texture is wrong. It tastes more like a roll elsewhere, but you gotta come and have a, a New York bagel. A few recommendations, Essa Bagel, Absolute Bagel and Tompkins Square bagels, which is near Tompkins Square. That Tompkins Square in particular has, they'll do things like rainbow bagels. They'll try to, they'll make the the bagels right and they have good technique, but then they'll also try to capitalize on on new fads, new ways of of kind of revolutionizing bagels. So that's pretty cool. On the the sort of breakfast or breakfast as your, your meal at any time of the day, we have in New York bacon, egg, and cheese, and it's one word. You got to say it like that: bacon, egg, and cheese. And you go to any bodega, which is just kind of a corner store. And if you live here, that's where you get your bacon, egg, and cheese. You get it on a roll. So at some point, you should do that. If you want a slightly better version of a bacon, egg, and cheese, I would go to Daily Provisions, and that's another one of those. So it's by kind of a famed restaurant group, Danny Myers's group. But instead of kind of going to maybe Gramercy Tavern if you're not able to get a reservation, you can at least experience their food with daily provisions. Go and get some of their great baked goods and go get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Deli is another kind of uh, New York item that I that I have to mention as a as a good Jew. One of our, yeah, in addition to bagels, I think one of our contributions to New York was pastrami. So everyone knows Katz's Deli, but another one that you might want to consider going to is Second Avenue Deli. Has amazing pastrami as well. And then you got to get the chocolate babka to save a little bit of room for dessert, have matzo ball soup, and then, yeah, and then just walk it off, I guess. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I could talk all day about food, but just a couple, another neighborhood to hit up because there's a lot of good international cuisine in one spot would be the East Village. So within probably five minute walk of each other, you have Veselka, which is a Ukrainian restaurant. So they have really great pierogies. They have borscht, so you can go and do that. My, uh, my little nephew calls it Red Soup Club. And then there's Yellow Rose, which has Texas, like Tex-Mex style tacos. And there's Han Dynasty, which is maybe the best Szechuan Chinese restaurant in, in Manhattan. And then Rowdy Rooster. So in that vein of restaurants and restaurant groups and chefs that are really known and doing 
fantastic things in New York, but it might be hard to get into their restaurant. Rowdy Rooster falls into that category. So it's fried chicken, but done from an Indian perspective. And these are the people behind Damaka and Sema and a couple of really highly regarded Indian restaurants. So if you want to get a taste for that part of the world, you can go to Rowdy Rooster. You can have a fried chicken sandwich with chutney and with all kinds of great sauces and flavors on it. Spend a little less money and still kind of have an international experience. A few other places that I recommend to people, Thai Diner. So it's a diner, which we have a lot of these in New York, but it's it's Thai style. So you can get a little bit of American flavor, but also Oh God, fantastic curry, really good mango salad, just just fantastic and a little bit of a twist on a Thai restaurant. A place that's nearby that I wrote about recently, we have a lot of speakeasies that are that are really kind of taking New York by storm right now. There must be something about kind of lesser known places to drink and tapping into that prohibition era mindset that people are enjoying right now. So there's one that's called Pine and Polk. It's owned by two women and everything that's there or most everything that's featured at the front, it's a provision store and they're selling, um, items by female owned and minority owned businesses. And then in the back, it's a speakeasy with cocktails and it's nearly an all female staff. So got to support that. And my last two suggestions as far as drinks are Attaboy, which is in the Lower East Side. Just get there early because it appears on a lot of people's favorite cocktail list. And Entwine, another kind of cocktail place. Lastly, my insider tip is that if you can, I would suggest timing your visit to New York so it is late summer. In particular, if you could be here when my favorite event of the year, which is the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. So it's usually at the very end of August and through September. And even better, if you can go to the U.S. Open and in the same day get tickets to go to a Mets game. So you can go to the U.S. Open for a day session and then it's literally across the street in Queens there is the Met Stadium both actually have great food options too and you could have a day of really different kinds of kind of sports and sports as entertainment and yeah New York in the summer is just fantastic it's just there's also a lot of free things that are that are going on you can go and take free yoga free workout classes because a lot of different parks and organizations want to you know want people to be out and about the other kind of tip that I give people it sounds crazy but take a ferry to Staten Island it is free and as opposed to going and taking a tour and going specifically to the Statue of Liberty on the Staten Island ferry you will pass by you'll get a great view of the Statue of Liberty. You can ride on the ferry for free. It's a nice activity on a spring or a summer day. Stop in Staten Island. They have good Sri Lankan food and then just turn around and, and take it back and 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 go on with your with your day. But no matter how you decide to spend it, I hope you have a wonderful time in New York because it's impossible not to. I obviously love New York and I know you will too. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. You can get more great food and travel inspiration, including stories, recipes, reviews, and more on our website, www.extravirginfoodandtravel.com. You can also follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at extravirginfoodandtravel at gmail.com. 
If you haven't already, go to Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to download and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until we meet again, bon voyage and bon appétit.